Hey guys, okay, we're live, we're doing it. We had a little fun tech drama behind the scenes, but we're here. I feel like power hour is a lot of overcoming technical difficulty to get everybody to go live at the same time. But you know, we're just a little tech miracle here to entertain you guys. I'm really <laughs> excited for this panel. The team and I were talking about this this morning. There was an interesting little chat in Skype where one of my team members was like, oh my God, I just watched this like it was a podcast, I think, that had the worst financial advice ever. And I emailed my list and I was telling them they all have to go to your panel because this information is so important and there's so much bad finance advice. And so we were all pumped up in the team about like how good this discussion is going to be. <laughs> so we're really excited to have both of you guys. I think this is a very important topic, especially for business owners, obviously, like you would think financial literacy would be rampant among business owners, but I find like a lot of people in the industry just don't talk about it or talk about it in a way that really makes a lot of sense, to be frank. And so I'm excited to have this conversation with you two experts here today. Gianni did have to cancel, but she has very good reasons and has some personal things she needs to deal with. So um, she will be back another time. We still love her and she's still the best also. So I'll send her some good vibes as well. Let's let you guys introduce yourselves. Tell everybody who you are, what you do. If you have a free thing that they can grab, definitely plug that and then we'll just get into it. Awesome. Okay. Hello, everyone. It's nice to meet you. I am Whitney Morrison. I am a certified financial planner. Just means that I'm technically considered an expert in money. Um, and I'm also a financial life coach, which means that not only do I deal with the strategy behind money, but also what's actually, I believe, the most important, which is your mindset and your relationship with money. If you have not watched my free Millionaire Money Mindset Masterclass, that's a great place to start um, to get to know how to work on your money mindset and really start to step into your financial power with money. So that is where a great place to start. My business is Holistic Money, and I'm also a coach in um, Faith's Mastermind. So you may have Most seen importantly, oh, I was yeah. going to say her most important <laughs> obligation is she's, well, she's also my personal like financial advisor also. So yeah. she also runs the finances on the back end for faithmaria.com and my rental properties and my personal finances. And then she also coaches in my mastermind. The most important qualification of all, Whitney, being my <laughs> financial advisor. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. And then we'll put the link for all of Whitney's stuff in the show notes. If you guys are listening on the podcast or watching later, we'll put the links in, in all the places for you guys. And then what about you? Hi, I'm Rochelle Siebke, and I'm a money coach for life coaches and other heart-centered, purpose-driven business owners. Very often, they're sort of accidental business owners, right? Like they're doing the thing because they can't find anywhere else that they can do the thing the way they want to do it. And I know that when I can help them with personal finance routines and business finance routines, that their work is much more sustainable in the world. And so that's why it's really important to me to do the work that I do, because I'm working with people who maybe wouldn't be business owners otherwise, and maybe wouldn't consider money to be important otherwise. I really think money is important from the lens of, I want you to get what you want. It's your money. I want you to get what you want. And so often I hear people say like, oh, I really wish I could do this, but 
I'll never be able to do that. Less so in the coaching world. In the coaching world, I'm more talking to people like, I know I can do this and I just don't know how. And we've been so programmed and socialized to believe like, we don't know what's best for us. Somebody else knows what's best for us. And so a lot of my work is really ditching all the rules. So I always tell everybody, I'm going to teach you all of the rules because I've read all of the books and all of the magazines and all of the articles. And you don't need any more rules. What you really need is have more fun with your money and to trust yourself more. And so you can get that on my money guide. If you go to my website, there's an opt-in there and you can get the money guide. Awesome. So we'll put the link for the money guide and Whitney's millionaire masterclass in the links for you guys. And you definitely want to go grab those. My first question I have for you guys is if you could give, this is going to be hard for you guys. If you could give just one piece, one thing, one piece of money advice to someone just starting out, we're talking about the brand new business owner. I'm Jessica. I'm a brand new business owner. What's like the one piece of business advice you guys would give someone just starting out in an online business? I'll go first. <laughs> yeah. That's always the hardest part on power hours. Everybody figuring out when they're going to talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> the advice that I would give to Jessica, the brand new business owner is if you do not have a little bit of money stashed away in your business account. And what I mean about a little bit of money is at least a month or even two, three months of your income stashed in a business account or a savings account to kind of like get you through um, those first really challenging months of being a business owner. It doesn't always have to be challenging, but money can make it a lot more challenging if it's not there. Then don't quit your job. I, when I started my business, when I was a brand new business owner, I started my business while I was at my nine to five. And because I did it that way, I was able to have so much more comfort in a really uncomfortable environment. Like becoming a new business owner is like, Hey, learn your baby and like start learning how to crawl and then walk. And there's so many things going on around you. There's already so many areas of discomfort. If you can give yourself a little bit of space with your money in the very beginning of your business to not make impulsive decisions, to not get really stressed out and pressured really early on in your business with money, you're going to have so, like, I, I believe a much better experience in the early stages of building a business. I think that's really good advice. I think I coach people a lot on this in the mastermind, but I think it's hard to be strategic when your brain is like, oh shit, like, are we going to be able to eat next month? It's like, it's just like really hard. And one of the most, I think, interesting and also kind of fucked up thing I think that's happened for me and that as we've started making more money is I'm like, it's so much easier to make money once you have money. And it's so much easier to make more money once you have like more money. And it just gets like easier and easier. And I think the reason that is, is because the stress of it is so much less now, right? So we can invest in things and start new businesses and we don't really have that same like, oh my God, is this gonna work? Is it not gonna work? We don't have like any of that drama because we just have a plan and we're gonna test it and we're gonna see and we're gonna evaluate it. 
obviously I would love like all of our investments and all of our businesses, we start and everything we do to be profitable, but it's also like, I know that's not necessarily the case as some of them might fail and we have a plan for that too. And there's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, if it wins, that'll be awesome. If it doesn't, here's the plan for that. And then we just see what happens. Whereas I look at when I first started my first business, it was like, oh God, is this going to work? How am I going to do it? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh. And it was like, so that part of it specifically was so exhausting. And now I just don't have any of that because we have different streams of money coming in and more money coming in now than when we first, when I first started my business. So I think that's very good advice and like maybe a little bit I don't know. I see counter. I see, we'll talk about that later, but I see a lot of this, like go all in, like believe in yourself. I saw someone post on Instagram. I'll talk to you guys about it in a minute, but it like triggered the crap out of me because it was related to this. What about you, Rochelle? What would you say to someone who's just starting? Like if you could just give them one piece of advice, what would you say to them? I want to back up for one second because I love we started here, Whitney. Um, I also am still in my day job. So I work at an engineering company during the day. And I'm still able to help people who run very successful businesses with their money. Um, and from a much better place because my day job is an investor in my business. And so I'm very strategic about what I'm building in my business, but I don't have to worry about if I have enough money to support myself while I'm doing that. So when I'm working with people, I'm working from this, um, like framework of what do you want your life to look and feel like? And if my life didn't look and feel like the way I wanted it to do, it'd be very different um, foundation to coach from. Right. And so um, I really love that you started there, Whitney. So I just wanted to say that. And um, the other thing is like really building evidence that you are building a business and that you are good with money as you're going through that. Right. So instead of making the idea that you still have your day job or a part-time something in order to be able to afford your living expenses, instead of making that mean you're not successful with your business, like looking for all the ways that doing that and making that decision is good with money and is good with building the life that you want, I think is really important. So thinking about as I'm doing this, I'm doing it for financial reasons, but also here's the skill sets that I'm learning, both my hard skill sets and my soft skill sets. Because I'm always saying I'm actually a much better coach because of the work I do at my engineering job. And I'm much better at my engineering job because of the work that I um, do as a life coach. So I really like to like look at how do all of these pieces of my life make me better at everything and how does showing up fully as myself benefit not only me in all of my different roles, but also everybody else around me. So I love that we started there. And then the other thing is if somebody was starting out first, there's like some practical things like separate your business finances from your personal finances, like just open that account. And then from a less practical, more mindset, um, I think it would really be don't believe your brain when it offers you that you're not good with money. I just don't believe it. If you are starting a business and you're doing all these things, like there is no possible way that you're not good with it. You just haven't learned a habit or routine that feels right for you yet. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. I was going to say about the like going all in thing. I saw this post from a, it was like a business coaching person on Instagram and they were like, if you really believed in yourself, you would go all in and you wouldn't be scared to like make big investments in your business and all this stuff. And 
I just felt like, God, this is fucking horrible business advice. I was like, I don't know like any business person that would advise you just make decisions by like, I don't think like you're, if you believe in yourself, that means, oh, you should spend $10,000. Like, I don't think that that's a very good way of assessing risk on business decisions. So I always tell the mastermind, like you play out the best case and the worst case scenario, and you don't make any investments. You don't make any investments where you're not willing to live through the worst case scenario. So like I've been in situations cause I lived in poverty for like most of my, the significant amount of my life, 30 years of my life, like below the poverty line, like $10,000 is like the difference between rent and like people's mortgages and car payments and stuff. And I see a lot of financial advice online that I think is just frankly like very irresponsible and it's mostly being shilled to women which also really pisses me off that's like I never see this conversation happening to men where it's like if you believed in yourself you would go all in and like really put yourself in financial risk <laughs> like really like put yourself in a position where you could be destitute if you really believed it's like what is this so I'd love to hear from you guys what do you think about about that and then like how do you assess risk of like how much should you be investing and like how do you make those decisions about like good investments and bad investments and like what what is like a reasonable amount to invest versus too much and like how do you guys advise people to assess that in their businesses yeah. um go ahead Rochelle I was just gonna say like I think it really depends on the person, you know yourself better than anybody else is ever going to know. So some people really are motivated by sort of putting their neck out on the line. That is not me. <laughs> that would put me in complete freeze response. And so I know that about myself and I don't make myself wrong for that. And so that's my number one thing that I always teaching my clients over and over is like, don't make yourself wrong for any of the cho choices that you have. Um, or any of the ways that you operate. So know yourself. And then there's a lot of trite financial advice out there. Doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that it's right for you. Even if you see the same financial article, I, to me, financial articles are like regurgitated advice over and over again for the common denominator. So it's okay if you take a different risk, but know how you work. And once you make the decision, follow it all the way through. I see so many people make the decision. I'm going to be okay with taking out debt to get in this mastermind. And then when I didn't get the results in the time frame that I thought I was going to get it in, and I didn't pay it off at the rate that I thought I was going to pay it off at now, now I'm making myself wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this mastermind. It's like, just continue looking for your returns on investments extend the deadline out for how long it might take you to get your return. But I really like to think of it in this like woo area of return on investment as it gets exponential. You have no idea how much return on investment you can get over a lifetime of things. But when you change the decision in the middle of paying it off, like I shouldn't have done that, that just goes against you. So that's my number one thing is make a decision and support yourself all the way through it. Even if you think later, like, I wish I would have done that differently. That's fine. We can come up with a different strategy. Just don't beat yourself up for it because that's again, going to shut you down. Yeah. Like, you Whitney. Um, I agree. I think, I think that 
what you're describing, I've seen that a lot with people, a lot of the regret and like past decision-making. I think it's so important, like you said, to really allow yourself to learn from those decisions. Like we can choose, like you said, different tools moving forward, but the only way that you can actually choose different tools moving forward is if you're able to neutrally observe what happened. But if you have that story running through your mind, like I did it wrong, that was a mistake. It will continue to, the likelihood of you repeating that behavior is so much greater than if you're able to really just say that was the best decision for me at the time. Maybe I'm not going to use that same, you know, decision-making strategy moving forward. Um, And I think what you're talking about is really helping people heal their relationship with money because so many of us have a really difficult relationship with money. Um, I feel like whenever I see that advice, like you, like you said, Faith, actually, I just, I had a bit of a, uh, wake up call when you were just saying, and it's specifically targeted at women. It's like, shit, she's right. It is specifically targeted at women. Like that is a financial narrative that I'm just seeing so much. And then I also feel like in the coaching industry, there is a lot of, um, conversation around, like, just go all in and invest on in yourself. And personally, I have worked with so many people who are, who are, um, in a lot of debt from making those kinds of decisions because of a lot of the encouragement that I feel like is out there just to invest thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into your own, um, into your own, uh, into your business, into your skill sets. I think there's a time and a place. And I really think that in order for you to really be empowered with money, I like to take, I like to take smaller steps, you know, and I like to make sure that if I am like, even, even a $20,000 investment, I don't want that to feel like a giant leap. I want, I do still want that to feel like a step. I don't want that to feel like I'm about to like, you know, try to cross the Rio, you know, I, and, and I think that it is, it's really dangerous to a lot of, there's so many people who have gotten in a lot of debt in the coaching industry and are trying to like crawl, crawl, crawl their way out. And I just don't think with that, we should be talking about money as willy nilly as what we are in the industry personally. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Like when people start out, like, how do you decide? Like, because with an online business, I think it's interesting. Cause like, if you want to start a restaurant, it's like, well, you're gonna have to have a space. You're gonna have to have equipment. Like you're gonna, like, there's like a minimum of like, you need at least like this chunk of fucking money. If you're going to start a restaurant, you're going to start a restaurant with like a hundred bucks a month. It's just not going to happen. Right. So it's like, there's like kind of like these bare minimum expenses that you have to incur, but with online business, it's so like, you know, some people start them and like have almost no overhead. Some people hire coaches and marketing and branding people. And like, I always say, like I said on this call in the mastermind earlier, I was like, time and money are like two little gremlins in your business. And they're always just going to want more. Your business just always wants more time from you and more money from you and more time from you and more money. From you. <laughs> and if you don't fucking decide, like I'm working this many hours a week and I'm spending this much money a month, like the amount of time you can work and the amount of money you can spend is like, it is literally unlimited, right? It's like, 
You could spend $100 putting a website up and buying a domain. You could spend $100,000 getting a brand agency and professional photos and all this stuff. And so the expense range is like so wide. How do you advise people if you're just starting, figure out, is it, is this going to be, Whitney taught me this about like using money as leverage, right? And using debt as leverage. I grew up in a family that was very like, we just paid cash for everything. <laughs> it's like, you don't use credit, you don't do anything. Like you don't, you don't have a mortgage. You don't, you, you pay for cash or you like, don't buy it. When I started working with Whitney, you know, I was in a position where I had access to leverage a lot of money now where we have the ability to buy rental properties if we want or buy other businesses if we want and um, incur debt as a way of like actually making more money, which like blew my mind when I started thinking about it. But how do new business owners assess that where it's like, is this going to be somewhere I put money on and get a return? Or am I just totally in the clouds buying a $20,000 mastermind I can't afford? Like, how do you advise what advice would you give to people to try to assess that, especially when they've never had a business before? Yeah, I, I think practically, uh, there's the practical component, which is, um, you know, I, I like profit first formula. That's been uh, a general rule of thumb that I use when I'm making financial decisions in my business. At a very high level, profit first essentially says you pay yourself 50% of the money that you're making. And then 30% on average goes towards your business expenses. And then the remaining 20, 25 goes towards taxes. And that's kind of like the division of income as it's coming in. What that allows you to do is you keep yourself paid and you have a good um, idea of what you want your business expenses to be given the income that you're producing. Because a lot of people talk about uh, gross income, but they don't talk about profit. The amount of money that's left over after you've paid yourself and you've paid um, your business bills. Like this how is much important you... also, because people talk about wanting to make six figures. I'm like, you're going to pay yourself six figures. Like as an entrepreneur, like realistically, you need to be making like probably two or three. Like yeah. that's the reality for most yep. people. And I think people don't understand that in the industry at all. And I yeah. see all these sales numbers being thrown around too, which drives me crazy. But yes. anyway. Go ahead. Exactly. Go ahead. I um, you. No, but uh, you're exactly right. I mean, 50% of your uh, income, you got to make six figures. That's, like healthy. that's pretty healthy profit margins, you guys too. Like 50%, yeah. a lot of businesses don't run a lot, even leaner than that, where the yeah. owner is paying themselves much less than 50%. So 50% yeah. is a pretty lean business margin, which means if you want to pay yourself, whatever it is. It's like, you need to understand like the business revenue has to be a lot higher than that for you to pay yourself that. Like you don't pay yourself business. (laughs) Very true. And, and you, you know, if you, if you end up, if you're not able to pay yourself 50%, you know, if your business or expenses are a little higher, but you just have to make sure that works with your, with your personal life. But um, there is the conversation of, okay, you know, that 30% that's supposed to be going towards your expenses that includes investments like masterminds, like coaching, like, um, hiring employees, like all of that is wrapped up in that 30%. So you have to re- like, if you are going to go above that threshold, which candidly I have, I've definitely gone above that threshold. I've paid myself so. 20, 20% of my, of my income because I, you know, at one point I had a full team. Now I'm down to two people. Like, 
I'm going up and down dependent upon the season I am in my business. Um, but I think that's what has allowed me to consistently sustain my business is the fact I, I really think about my business investments like a gas pedal, you know, when I'm in an abundant season, when the business is doing really well, I'll start to push the gas down. I'll start to invest more it, when the tide changes and my offer needs to shift or my messaging needs to shift. And my income goes down. I also take my foot off the gas pedal. I don't make myself right or wrong about that in the process. I just communicate with my money along the way. I look at what's going to make me feel most comfortable, safe, and secure while I'm building and growing. And then I make the decision accordingly. It's been hard. You know, I went on maternity leave. I stopped working for four months. I had to downsize a lot of expenses that I was really emotionally tied to, including my operations manager, my social media manager, my design manager. I took all of them off payroll. And now as I'm slowly building up, it's like, okay, I'm going to invite them back in to start as my income increases. But like when that's why I say like, it's never, I never really, I've taken big leaps. Um, thankfully I had the cash to help me with that. But like now I just am so much more tempered and measured when I decide to invest in why. And I think that's just been the experience of, of having a business for almost four years now. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes with experience too, as far as like, like how much are you comfortable with? Like, where does your nervous system start to freak out? Like yes. where, what does make you feel safe and secure? Like sometimes you learn that stuff by kind of trying different things and making different investments and then not shaming yourself and making yourself wrong. But like looking at like, is that a pattern that I want to repeat? Is this a, the way I want to continue running the business in the future? Or maybe before I join a $25,000 mastermind, I would like the business account more padded up next time or whatever it may be. Right. And just taking those lessons. And then what about you, Rochelle? I don't even remember what the initial question I asked was, what was I asking? I think the initial question was like, how do you make decisions or how do you tell people yeah, how to yeah, make yeah. decisions? Sorry, I have like COVID like brain fog. My poor little broken COVID brain is like, wait, what were we talking about? Yes. So well, many good branches advise, of this. Yeah. How would you advise people like decide like what to invest in? What's a good investment? Are they going to get an ROI? Like, how do you even start to figure that out? And like how much to spend? Like what kind of framework or advice would you have for people to try to navigate that, that are trying to do that for the first time? Yeah. Um, so like Whitney, I use the profit first model and I teach my clients how to use the profit first model. Um, so I think there's a couple of different ways though. I almost like to think of it as a flow chart. Mm -hmm. And that first flow chart is like, here's the revenue that's coming in. And then here's my percentage that I've decided that I set aside for operating expenses. And out of that operating expenses, I've got my fixed monthly nut. So is there anything even left over to think about investing? Um, in big projects or in um, additional coach training or masterminds or retreats. Um, and then if like, if you get to the end of that flow chart and the answer is no, you can decide actually to make an owner's contribution, which is again, another reason to keep a day job, another reason to use your um, personal savings or to take out debt um, that you're comfortable with the manageable repayment. Um, so I think there's like, there's different options. And I like to think of it as like, you can choose your problem, right? Like you can choose the problem of like the discomfort of waiting, or you can like go ahead and get started. And then you have a different discomfort, which is like, 
now I've put myself in this position and I have to figure out how to get myself out of it. Um, so again, that framework of never making ourselves wrong is like always giving ourselves like plenty of flow charts to follow, right? It's like, if we get to the end and it's a no, it's like, well, what are my other options here? And sometimes it is delaying the decision to make the investment. But again, in that framework of what do you want your life to look and feel like? Maybe at the end of the day, what you want is more connection and more networking. So you put the mastermind off, but you figure out ways to have that same sort of experience. That's so nice too, right? So if you have to put, if you have to put, something off an investment off how can you start getting it now and i love that example you used about like how could you if you're trying to join a mastermind a network how can you start networking on your own or if you're trying to join a program to learn a skill how can you start doing that skill on your own i think that's great advice for people yeah so i think we have this framework of again one of the things that i say is i work with people who want to make their money decisions based on anything other than the amount in their bank account, right? Because we've gotten so used to looking at like our bank account and asking like, Hey, is it okay if I do this? Or like, Oh, if the bank account says it's over this much. I have a lot then- of business owners that won't even look at their bank account. I'm like, Oh my God, you guys have to know like how much is going in. I used to be one before I started working with Whitney. I was just like, I don't, I know there's money coming in. I know there's money going out. I know there's a lot more money coming in than's going out, but I couldn't <laughs> have told you what those numbers were. And I was like, I know we're making money. Way. I don't know what it is. I don't know how much I'm paying myself this month. This is, I wish I was making this shit up. This is true. I was like, I would just pay myself random amounts when I needed money. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was a lot of money in the bank accounts and I never looked at it. So, <laughs> so normal. it's like, how would you I know, make decisions? Like, I that. <laughs> yeah, it's so normal. And it works the other way too. Whereas like, some people aren't bringing in more money than is going out. And they also don't want to look at it, right? Yeah. So like it's really a normal response it doesn't mean that we want to stay there but it does mean like we can normalize like hey if this is what's going on for you there's nothing wrong with you um but I do always love the idea of like we're not asking ourselves questions and telling ourselves no we're asking ourselves questions and then we're really what do I want this to look and feel like how can I always get what I want regardless of how much time, money, and energy I have? How can I use my decision-making skills to always use my resources in the best way that I have possible available to me now while I build more resources for myself in the future? Yeah. I love that. I, I, I've been practicing that personally. You know, I think that our brains naturally just like to offer us what we don't have how we can't get there and intentionally asking ourselves, okay, how can I get there given the resources that I currently have? I think that that is the most genius question ever. I feel like we could all write that down. Like for me, for example, I am looking this year alone. I have wanted to join at least five to 10 courses, programs, challenges, things that have come up and, and I have had a visceral, like a body response being like, Ooh, let's buy that. Let's buy that. Let's buy that. And I have not invested in any of them. And I'm so happy now that I'm three weeks, a month out that I chose not to, but what I've done at, at every single decision point, I've done exactly what you're talking about is I've asked, okay, given the resources that I have now, what are like 
what's a great next step. So I've been, instead of buying courses, I'll buy the book first. Like I, a few of the courses that I'm wanting, like one on financial intimacy and like how to have like more in depth, really, uh, conversations with your partner. It's like, okay, instead of going right into his thousand dollar course. Oh, guess what? He wrote a book on this a year ago. I'm going to buy the book. I'm going to do the audiobook. And that's just kind of the steps that I've been taking. And I'm honestly so happy with those, with that decision, mm-hmm. like get where I am now. Cause I would have previously, I was like, I want to give them, you know, I, and it's been a lot better for my personal finances to do that. Yeah. That's a really good, it's also like you guys, like everybody now has a podcast too. So like all these, there was somebody I wanted to do. It was a $10,000 marketing certification. And I did the same thing, Whitney. I got, I had already read his book, but I'm rereading his book. And then I was also like, oh, he has like 300 podcast episodes for free. Let me listen to those. And I was like, let me read the book. And then it's like, if I get through all that and I still feel like, you know, we need the certification, maybe that's something, but I would want to budget for it and plan it versus being caught in that like launch thing where it's like, oh my God, all my friends are joining and this is happening and they're not. And it's like, getting caught up in like the emotion of it instead of it being like a strategic like it's on my quarterly plan like ten thousand dollars for me even with somebody that we did about like 230 I think last year in sales just so you guys have an idea but ten thousand dollars that's a significant investment even in that level and so let me put that on the quarterly plan instead of just like getting caught up and getting the cash even if I have the cash there it's like is that really how I want to be making those types of decisions. And for me, it's like, you know, things that are like thousands of dollars now, I've kind of gone the same way as you, Whitney, where I'm like much more wanting to be much more strategic about those decisions and less like getting caught in the emotion of all of it, which when I look back on a lot of the decisions that I've made, especially at the higher end ones, they were very like kind of spontaneous for the moment, like this feels right to me decisions, which I think is okay sometimes. But for me, it's just not how I want to run the business. I want to have the plan. I want it to be strategic. I want to make sure I'm not caught in like some high emotion cycle. And I want to be making those decisions with like, yeah, the emotional part and my intuition, but also like the higher part thinking part of my brain also. And then also like, I want it in my budget. So I think that's very good advice. I wanted to ask both of you and Rochelle actually mentioned this and then I've worked with Whitney. So I know you teach a ton of this, but what about like money habits? Like I thought it was so interesting when you were introducing yourself, Rochelle, you were like, I help like people build like these money habits. So what are your top kind of two or three money habits that you guys think online business owners should have, or you would recommend people start building if they want to have a business? Um, so I always start with personal finance and I use a software called YNAB or it stands for you need a budget. You're familiar with that. Um, And the first session that I always do with everybody is the dare to dream session, which is like, let's get really big. And like, if money was not an object for you, if, you know, if time was not an object, what are the things, what are, what do you actually want your life to look and feel like? And we get really big and really dreamy about that. And I'm just like asking all of the questions and like, tell me what would that look like? And then I want them to be able to like actually taste that for themselves before we get off that call, before we ever start looking at creating a spending plan, because that spending plan is always going to be 
custom based off the thing that's most important to them. And so um, I would say my like top three um, would be allowing yourself to desire and not making that again, I'm saying this a lot today, but like not making yourself wrong for it. You know, my favorite clients are the ones who are like, I want to do this thing. Is that crazy? It's like, probably isn't that great. Let's do the thing that's so <laughs> crazy because this is your resource. You know, whether it's your time, your money, your energy, your decision-making skills, nobody else gets to decide if it's crazy. If it's the thing that you want, it's the only thing that's ever going to light you up. It's the only thing that's ever going to make any of this worth it. Do not believe in discipline for discipline's sake so that we have more money. I believe in like creating simple habits and routines so that you can get the thing that you actually want at the end of the day. So it's always desire, allowing ourselves to have desire, taking our personal finances, putting it in a spending plan to like, here's the, here's the math part where the money is actually coming in and actually going out. And are they in alignment with my desires? And then from there, we do the same things with their business budget. So creating the profit first um, percentage calculations based off the actual money that's really for real coming in and not what they hope to be coming in, but what's like actually coming in. Um, even if it's inconsistent, how do we make that consistent so that you're paying yourself a regular basis that so you can actually take off the vacation and the um, holiday time that you want to take off. And then using that YNAB for their operating business expense account as well. So just a checking operating expense account. It's in addition to what you would use for bookkeeping, but it's forward facing. Whereas bookkeeping tends to be more like, here's where all my money went. So I can gather my tax information and give it to my um, professionals. But like, here's what's actually like, this is the money that is in my actual account. These are the jobs that I need these dollars to do for me before more money comes in. So those are the main thing. Desire, personal spending plan, business spending plan. Nice. Yeah, that's really good advice. And then what about you, Winnie? Um, so the first thing I think is really important is to be mindful about the way that you're talking about money. Uh, think about the way that you talk about money with your partner or spouse. If you're partnered, think about the way you talk about money with your clients or your boss. Um, and I, I think step one is to even see, see yourself, the way that you talk about money with all these different people in your life, your family, your children, um, and start to become aware of how am I talking about money? Because the way that you're talking about money is a direct reflection of your internal belief systems about money. And so I think it's a really tangible way for you to start to be like, oh, maybe I should start to work on my relationship with money. And then I like to say, start to clean it up a little bit, start to watch yourself. If you're complaining a lot about money or, um, not feeling like you have enough or talking bad about people with a lot of money, like whatever comes up for you and then start to make shifts in the way that you're talking about money. And I had someone ask me like, what does it mean to make shifts in the way that you're talking about money? And for me, I like to think about how can I position myself and money in a more positive and abundant light? And that's really, it's as simple as that. Um, and so I, I think that is huge and you will start to notice you, you'll yourself come up against a little bit of discomfort, saying new things about money that maybe you've never said before. So that, I think that's a great one. 
Um, another thing is just be familiar with your, um, fixed monthly burn, which all that means is the amount of money that's coming out of your bank accounts on a monthly basis, no matter what reason why I love knowing that number in my business and in my personal life is because it helps me with my, um, it helps me with my decisions during the month. Um, so for example, my fixed monthly burn in my household is about $12,000 a month. That's how much goes out. Um, and that helps me understand how much I want to have come in. Um, it helps me understand how much I can potentially save and invest. And so when I work with my clients, I'm like, when we go into our meeting, I did this with you, Faith. I'm like, what's your fixed monthly burn? Like at, at the beginning of every session, I'd be like, okay, what's your, and you'd be like, oh, let me go back and check. And like, I want to do it enough times where it's like a number that you just know it's like $6,000, $7,000. But that's good because that can help you understand what you're doing, what's going on with your money and what you're working towards. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And that did really help me a lot. And I do know that number now. <laughs> but it's just gives me like something to work off of as far as like knowing what's coming in and what's going out. Like, whereas before I just had like, I really had no idea. Like I knew our sales because I was I was tracking our sales all the time because I wanted to see what was working and what wasn't working and making adjustments. And I just fixated on that number and really ignored the rest of it. But the result of that was like, by the time I hired Whitney, I had like crippling anxiety about looking at my bank account. And there was, a, you would think that would not be the case. Cause I actually had a lot of, a lot of cash on hand when I hired her. Cause none of it, none of the money I had made was invested. It was just sitting in my checking account. <laughs> and so I had cash like sitting there. So you would, I thought like, Oh, I'll just put, put cash in the account till I like feel better but it just amplified my anxiety more and more. And the, the it was like a spiral I could not get out of. So it was like, the more I ignored it, the more anxious I felt, the less I wanted to look at it. And then the more I would ignore it and the more anxious I would feel. And I had just been doing that. Like, I mean, the business had been very profitable at that point for like a year. And I had my story that I had that I worked on with Whitney was like, I was like, well, I'm good at making money, but I have no idea what to do with it though. Like I'm bad at, I'm bad at money. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know. I'm not, I've never had money. I don't, I had all these stories wrapped up and like, like you were saying, like untangling those stories about like, is that really true that like, you don't know what to do with money and like, isn't it just decisions and don't you fucking make decisions all day long in this business? <laughs> like maybe you're someone that's like very good at making decisions. And like, this is just the same as every other area of the business. And it's not such a big, scary deal. And that really started to change everything for me. And once I changed that part, then it was like, I was able to actually look at it to build the habits I needed to be building <laughs> to be able to do the things that I wanted. And now it just feels so much better. Whereas like, I really was like hard to coach too. And I like even told Winnie, I was like, I don't know if I really even want to like, no, like maybe I, maybe I want to like stay like this. And she was like, does it actually feel good though? What you're doing now? Like, do you really want to? And I remember kind of being like, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, really love that. Thank you guys so much for taking your time and like being here. I really appreciate it. I really want to bring as much like free education and opportunities to the community as possible. I know they really appreciate it. So if you guys could just pitch yourself, tell us where we can go be obsessed with you. Everybody's going to want to go stalk you. So where can we internet, internet stalking only? We don't do real stalking. <laughs> 
Nobody go to their houses. <laughs> no, where can we stalk you online? Where can we go be fans of yours? How can we support your business right now? How can we get plugged in with what you're doing? I know you're both doing such amazing work. How can we go become big fans of yours? Tell everybody where to find you. Cool. I'll, I'll kick us off. Um, my business is called Holistic Money. You can find me at holistic.money on Instagram. I also have a podcast where I have over 50 really great episodes on all different uh, money topics. I also have a YouTube channel. So if you're more of a YouTuber, um, go check out my YouTube That's channel. Great. I have hundreds of videos on my YouTube channel. Um, and, uh, it's holistic money on YouTube as well. And that's where you yeah. can find me. I did an episode with Whitney on her podcast. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. If you guys want to hear, it's not like me coaching. It's like me talking about <laughs> my fucked up money experience. If you want to hear that <laughs> <laughs> it's on Whitney's podcast. <laughs> and then what about you, Rochelle? Where can we support you? How can we get plugged in with what you're doing? What do you have going on? So my website is rochellecp.com. So um, you can find out how to spell it on the podcast in the show notes. We'll put all the, we'll put all your guys' links in the notes. Yeah. And then um, I would say for sure, if you're just like looking for one place to start, the habits and routines are listed in my fun money guide. And again, more fun with money, right? So like less rules, more fun with money. Um, I, there's a whole bunch of really great, fun, laid back resources in there. Um, and on Spotify only, I have a podcast called Profit and Flow. And what it is, is basically an evergreen podcast of my program, how I work with people one-on-one -on -one as a six-month money mentor, but it's all broken down. So into the desire, into the personal spending, um, it's, oh, it's awesome. my, it's you have it all higher on a podcast. You guys have to go get that. That sounds amazing. It That's is. Amazing. And it's only three to eight minutes per episode, right? So it's money in minutes for life coaches and other solopreneurs who are accidental business owners. So I would really love for you to go grab those. Nice. Okay. We'll put all of their links in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm doing a free workshop on Wednesday. So if you guys want help setting up your opt-in pages, I'm literally doing a workshop where we're like all going to get on the call. I'm going to, I have templates. We're going to, I'm going to help you set your landing page up, help you set your thank you page up and help you set your funnel up. And I have all the templates to give you and it's all free. And we're doing that Wednesday. It's open to everybody in the community. So I hope you guys will come. I'm really excited about it. And that's what we have going on this week. Thank you guys so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Thanks Bye for everybody. having us. It was really fun to meet you all. Bye, everybody.